Welcome to Tea Talk. All of life flows from the spiritual center of the culture. If this center is healthy, the culture becomes healthy. Tea Talk is a time of intrigue, investigation, insight, and inspiration, enabling you on your life's journey. Invest in your future by gleaning from today's session. I want you to turn in your Bible to Proverbs chapter 1, and uh, I want to begin here, and then we'll go on uh, and, and, and talk about, the, I want to talk about the fear of the Lord, okay? Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, here's what it says. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, okay? But fools despise wisdom and instruction. Uh, I like to think there's a tripart uh, part in, in this, uh, in Proverbs, that I think we need to have an understanding and realize this. Because the Bible says in Proverbs that wisdom is the principal thing. That's right. It's, it's the primary thing. Amen. Uh, I, I used to tell uh, parents, and I tell people when I was pastoring, I said, what your children need from you is not a handout. They need your wisdom. I said, wisdom, well, they will create their own environment. They will create their own work, work ethic. They will create their own world if we're able to impart to them wisdom. Because wisdom is the primary thing. Wisdom will make you rich. Wisdom will give you wealth. It'll do all those things if we understand the concept of wisdom. Now, wisdom is of the spirit. Uh, Paul said in Ephesians chapter 1, he said, I pray for a spirit of wisdom. So wisdom is in the spirit realm, okay? It's in the spirit realm is where wisdom is. Once wisdom is acquired, then you understand wisdom. Then the second thing is knowledge. Knowledge. Knowledge is the learning aspect. It's the, uh, uh, it's the discovery. It's what we've been doing here on Wednesday nights. And, and this whole month is we have been not only just getting wisdom, but we're also getting knowledge. How do we do this? Well, how do we apply this? How does it affect our life? Knowledge is the renewing of the mind. All right? You have to say it that way. Okay? Once you have knowledge, knowledge is not mastered yet until you have understanding. What is understanding? Understanding is the physical. In other words, if I understand how to do something, I don't need a bunch of instruction. Uh, people talk to Sonny about horses and and what needs to do with horses, they, when they start talking to him, they may try to impress him what they know. But you think, how many you know, when it comes to horses, you're going to have to really know some stuff to really put the whining on him, to really say, wow, you know, that's, that's really it. Why? Because he has the understanding. Now you have the tripart working together. You have the wisdom, you have the knowledge, and you have the understanding. So that's why if we get a hold of this, that wisdom is the principal thing, and so we come back here and he says, it's the beginning first of knowledge. One translation says that wisdom is the beginning of uh, I mean uh, 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 fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom also. So you have two things that it's all involved here. Now go with me over to Psalms 112 Psalms 112 and we're going to read some things here, okay? Because we 
Well, we're going to find out. I want to talk first of all, what is the fear of the Lord? Let's get an understanding of what that is. So in Psalms 112, it says, praise the Lord. Verse 1, praise, blessed is the man that fears the Lord. Everybody say, fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. That delights greatly in his commandments. So now he's given us a, a way now that starts into the fear of the Lord. They have, not just they know the commandments, but how do you know they have to have a delight in the commandments? Yes. There has to be a delight in the commandments of God. And we'll talk about more about that in just a minute, all right? Okay? Uh, in other words, uh, it says in verse 2, His seed, talking about the one who walks in the fear of the Lord, shall be mighty upon the earth. Wow. Yes, sir. Shall be mighty upon the uh, upon the earth. The generation of the upright shall be blessed. Now look at verse 3. The fear of the Lord increase wealth and riches shall be in your house. Wealth and riches shall be in your house. And his righteousness or right activity or rights endures forever. Okay? Psalms 112. Everybody with me? No. I'm in Psalms 112, verse 3. Okay? And now going to verse 4. Unto the upright there arises light in the darkness. Just see how all these things are, are manifested just because we live our life in the fear of the Lord. Okay, Psalms 112. Okay. Did I say it right? You said it right. He didn't hear it correct. I didn't hear it right either. Psalms 112. Okay, 112. All right. Verse 1. God's not the author of confusion. But I, <laughs> all right, okay. All right. He literally said, light in the darkness. He is gracious full of compassion and righteous. Look at verse 5 now. A good man shows favor and lends. He will guide his affairs with discretion. Please underline that in your Bible. And if you write in your Bible, put these, these two words. Common sense. Common sense. Man, we got so many people that live out in the ozone and out in mystical land that you try to figure out a conversation with them, it doesn't make any sense. And, they, and finally you get tired of talking to them and they'll say, do you understand what I'm talking about? You lie. And you say, yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, come on. How many have ever been, been around those kind of people? You know, they're giving you some off-the-wall stuff, you know, and you're just kind of looking at them. And they go, you, see, you know what I'm talking about? And I'm going, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right, moving on here, okay? But put common sense here, all right? Verse 6. Surely he shall not be moved forever. The righteous shall be in everlasting remembrance. He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed where? On the fear of the Lord. So in other words, it's not panic to us. It, it, we are concerned. We are, we are uh, uh, at times maybe even alarmed. But we don't rest there. We don't stay there. Why? Because the fear of the Lord is greater than anything that come, can come against us in any way. Because our heart is fixed. Here's why. Why? Because we are trusting in the Lord. Trusting in the Lord. Verse 8. His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he see his desire upon his enemies. The fear of the Lord wants justice. And when there has been 
injustice that have been railed against you in any kind of way, you walk in the fear of the Lord, God is already sending a strategy against your enemy and what he has done and, and set on you. He, what, I, I, I did a session on Sunday about the uh, binding the strong man, and I said the, the, the context was, the paragraph was, is Satan sitting on your spoils? And God's waiting for you to bind up that enemy to get him off of your spoils that God can give it into your possession. That's good. Now, I'll preach on that for a while, but i got to get back to this, all right? His heart is established. He shall not be afraid until he sees his desire upon his enemies. Let me say this to you. The devil has no patience. Amen. You can cast him out, you can bind him, you can yeah. rebuke him, you can do all that kind of stuff, but it ain't working. Just hang in there because he has no patience. He will eventually give up if you will keep your heart That's established right. in the That's presence right. of God. That's right. That's right. Come on. Amen. All right. Thank you, Lord. Look at verse 9. He hath dispersed, he hath given to the poor. His righteousness endureth forever. His horn, everybody say power, power. shall be exalted with honor. You see a lot of things today that are happening. We're talking about moving into power. But listen, there's a lot of people that have moved into power that they begin to pimp the anointing. Mm -hmm. They begin to abuse the anointing. They begin to play with the anointing. And what happens is, is that if we have power without honor, we only have more manifestations of a debauchery that needs to be addressed in the body of Christ. Oh, my, my. Moving on. The wicked shall see it and be grieved. He shall gnash with his teeth and melt away. The desire of the wicked shall perish. All because of the fear of the Lord. Yes. Is where it starts here. You see, we need to understand that when this was written, it was written during a time when they were in captivity. And it was written by Zechariah. And it was uh, 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 collaborated with Haggai. And, and so as a result, we see that fear was gripping those people in, in their captivity. And he comes along and he said, there's only one kind of fear that should dominate your life. And that is the fear of the Lord. And then he goes into this Psalms 112. And he gives this description that we just read. Good. Wow. So we see, look at this. Go with me now over to the book of Acts. Because there were two major secrets of the early church. How many of you know the early church got some things done? Yes, sir. How many of you know the early church spread the gospel around the world? Yes, Their known world. That Why? Because there were two things that they lived in. Go to Acts chapter 2 and look with me starting at verse 6. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture tonight, all right? Okay? How many of you know let the word speak and let every man be silent? Amen. Look what it says in verse 6. Now when this was noised abroad about the Holy Ghost, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue, wherein we were born? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers of Mesopotamia, and he goes on, and he lists them all. Now look at verse 11. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues the what? The wonderful works of God. And they were all what? Amazed and in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? When I ask you tonight, are you part of the crowd that says, what does this mean? 
What does this mean? When I was pastoring in Conroe before God delivered me, our objective was we were not going to be part of the crowd that asked this question. We were going to be part of a crowd that says, this being a fact. We're not going to be the ones who are looking for answers. We're the ones who are going to be giving the answers. And I want to say over all around Cowboy Church in the name of Jesus yes. and those that are listening, the world is waiting for an answer, not more of the problems and not more of the situation right. and not more of the negativity. They want to know what we can do about it. Yes. There's a generation that's looking for solutions, and we've got the answers. Amen. Amen. Look at this. Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. How do you know it's always good to be full of it? Hallelujah. <laughs> now, again, go over to chapter 9, all right? And notice they talk about the wonderful works of God, which is an ele element of apostolic Christianity. When you are full, as an apostolic Christian, you are full of the wonderful works of God. Yes. Amen. Let me just say this. Quit trying to be powerful and just be powerful. Mm -hmm. Amen. That's good. You see, when you start measuring with how well I am, or I'm low, or I'm not as faithful, or I'm not have much faith, God doesn't need no, doesn't worry about that. He's just looking for a listening ear that'll obey. Because yeah, right. you see, it's not you getting the glory anyway. Come on. All right, moving right along. Now go with me over to chapter nine. Man, the Book of Acts is so powerful. Acts chapter nine. Look, starting at uh, oh, let's just look at one verse. Then and the churches rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified. And what were they doing? They were walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost. They were multiplied. Acts chapter 9 verse 31. Okay? And write down Acts chapter 17 verse 11. We won't go there, but, but you can look it up. Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. It talks about them walking in the fear of the Lord. There were two things that the early church did. Number one, they poured over the scripture. They poured over the scripture. They were always going and seeing what it says and what it what it what it meant. And they were always inquisitive about it. Even though they didn't have a, a, a Bible like you and I have, there was those who understood the Torah. They understood the, the laws of God. They understood the ways of God. And they poured over the scriptures, all right? And the second thing they did is they walked in the fear of the Lord. They walked in the fear of the Lord. And what happened? Uh, uh, just uh, let me just give you a couple things. It says in chapter 4 of the book of Acts, it says they had great power. They had great grace. And in chapter 5, it says they had great fear. They walked in the fear of the Lord. They walked everywhere. They, they, the fear of the Lord was resident in their life. So... Fear, let's understand this. What pain is to the body, fear is to the soul. Okay? What pain is to the body? How many of you know pain will get your attention? Come on, man. You know? How many of you know, man, men, men can't handle pain like women? How many of you know that's true? Come on, that's true. You know? uh, my wife said when she had her, our boys that that was a pain that she'd never experienced in her life. And you know what? I, I'm going to stand here tonight as God's witness and take her word. Yeah. <laughs> I never want to experience that, all right, in my life, okay? All right, but fear is to the soul. In other words, this fear is not a fear of, of being afraid. 
This fear is a fear of awesome respect. Amen. Yes. And when the church begins to die is when it loses the awe of God in its midst. When a person begins to backslide is when they lose the awe of God in their life. They take chances. They, they, they enter into compromise. They enter into those type of things. And God, when he comes, the very thing that he does, he comes into the midst of us. And when he settles into the midst of us, there's really not much we can say. Come on. I've been in those meetings where you just sit there and nobody wanted to say a word. Why? Because God was bringing the awe back into the midst of them that had, been, that had departed from the midst of them. I'm not. So, so fear, the fear of the Lord is not so much per se a spiritual thing, even though it is. It's more of a head thing that brings us back to the reality that this is everything that we have. It centers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Now, the fear of the Lord, what is it? Let me give you some things. Number one, it's the source of wisdom. Okay? In Psalms 111 and verse 10, 111 and verse 10, it talks about the fear of the Lord being the source of wisdom. Uh, go with me back to Proverbs, would you please? Proverbs chapter 9, we just read that. But I want to look at it again, because I want you to get this, okay? Proverbs chapter 9, and verse 10, it says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Here's my tripart person. Okay? So what does that mean? First of all, the struggle we have is not so much knowing God's will, but as knowing God's way. The fear of the Lord is always connected with knowing the ways of God. You see, we have become cowboy church-wise. We've become denomination-wise. We've become pastor-wise. We've become world-wise. We've become cowboy-wise. We've become all, we've got all this kind of wisdom, which the Bible calls worldly wisdom. We've got all these type of things, but what we lack is the wisdom of the Lord. Why? Well, how does the fear of the Lord manifest? It's because we know the ways of God. And most of the church world today does not know God's ways. You see, they don't know God's ways. Uh, I have guys coming in saying, you know, we're going to give the devil a black eye. Well, first of all, let me check the government of your church. Because if you don't, you're not under the government of your church, you're just a teaching center, and all you're doing is teaching people about who God is. You see, it takes government to overthrow a government. It takes a king to overthrow another king. And that king has to be resident in that local assembly. Here's what he said. That's what he was referring to in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. Your government is out of line, and these are the reasons why these things are happening to you. You're, you're, you're not in alignment. Your government's not in the right place. Why? How did he know that? Because they were doing their own thing, and they were not doing it in his way. Come on. Now, let me tell you this too. I know a lot of people that have gotten in trouble <coughs> because they do God's will their way. They do God's will their way. I have come in in, the, in, our, in our church and they say, you know, the Lord's told me to do this. I know this is God's will. I said, well, okay, this is the way we do it. No, no, God's told me, so I got it. So, man, they go out and get all beat up by the devil. Come back and I say, okay, now let's walk, walk through this. So, 
See, I'm not Lord, so if you want to go out and get beat up by the devil, that's okay. Come on. <laughs> and I'll be there when you come back. I'll, I'll nurse you back to hell. Why? Because I need you in the harvest. I don't need to. It doesn't do me any good for you to screw up and me to leave you out there beat up. Come on. I need to get you restored back to hell because you're valuable to the king. And as a result of that, I think God wants to use you even way. And that pain that you have gone through has taught you a great lesson. How many Come of you have done that? Yeah. I've never said this. I'll never do that again. Yeah. How many of you, know you turn around and go, I just did it again? <laughs> Knowing the ways of God, Psalms 103, verse 7, it says, He revealed His what? Ways to Moses and His acts to the children of God. You want to know if you're a leader or not? Are you, are you following His ways or are you just looking for His acts? Oh, my. That's a big one. Most of the churches is looking for his acts. I want God to do miracles. Why? We need miracles. Okay, go out and do a few. Yeah, come on. Now come back and tell me the ones you've done. Now I'm starting to get you over into the ways of God. You see, but if I'm seeking a sign, then I'm no more a religious leader than just like the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus said, you're always looking for a sign. Mm -hmm. Okay, moving right along. Thank you for your enthusiasm. <laughs> Psalm 103, verse 7, talks about knowing the ways of Moses. We see this. You know, so there are laws in the kingdom. How many know the laws of the kingdom? It says if your brother asks a coat from you, what do you do? You don't give him a coat, but you give him anything else he needs. The Samaritan is a great picture of that, okay? The children of Israel in the wilderness. Why did they have to go through the wilderness? Please get this. If you've not had a wilderness experience, you don't know the ways of God because the wilderness is where they learn the ways of God. Their mentality was, you work seven days a week, sun up to sun down. He gets down and he goes, sorry guys, you got one day off. Don't you know that freaks out a slave? Because their worth is in their work. No, God says, no, 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 wait, wait, let's back up here, boys. You're only going to work six days and you get one day off. What? Never heard of that one before. But an Egyptian system will keep you working seven days a week. Yep. Yes. That's good. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5. Here's what it says. A wise man will hear and will increase learning. And a man of understanding shall attain unto wise counsels. Amen. Amen. He will hear. He will increase his learning. Isn't it interesting that when God created Adam, now there's debate on this and I know I'm right, but when God created Adam, Adam had to live in the spirit realm before he was ever put together on earth. Yep, that's right. He had, to, he had to learn the ways of the spirit. He had to learn how to communicate in the spirit. He had to learn how to have authority in the spirit. He had to learn how to rule and govern in the spirit realm. He had to do all that before he ever had flesh and blood. See, what we do is we have somebody who's got a very powerful personal te te testimony about how they were in darkness, and then we come in and bring them into the church, put them before people and say, tell everybody how bad you were. Mm 
God didn't do that. He took Adam and said, let me tell you how great heaven is. Let me tell you how great the spirit realm is. Let me tell you how to reign and rule in life. Let me tell you how to, 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 to uh, lead your family. Let me tell you how to do all those type of things. Then I'm going to put you in flesh and blood. Amen. That's the way of God. Because when he grabs your spirit, he starts putting you through the school. That's right. Yeah. How many know? You wish you knew at 20 what you know today. Help us, Lord. But how many of you know God's school is never out? Come on, right. All right, move along here now. So he had to learn how to rule. Why? Because if we're going to be a New Testament church and be a kingdom expression, kingdom is simply knowing how to rule your sphere. You see, ruling your sphere leads people to Jesus. It's not your testimony. Come on. Wow. Bring it. Move around. Get deep now. The purpose of the wilderness, anytime God takes you into the wilderness, and the dry times, everybody ever been to the dry times? Oh, yes. Everybody ever been to those times of God ain't saying nothing? Have you been to those times you don't want to get out of bed? Yeah. Depression had nothing to do with it? Yeah. How do you feel like your tank's empty? That's called the wilderness. It's called the wasteland. Everything that you've gotten up to that point, he's taking it out to the wasteland. Why? Because you're about to get schooled again in the ways of God. That's what the wilderness is. Jesus had to go to the wilderness? Absolutely. Yes, he did. He was tempted in all points, just like, you know, for us. And he overcame it. Why? Because he had no sin in him. And when he got out of the wilderness, he was studying to be a Rabboni. He was studying to be a master teacher. And part of the requirement was you had to have a 40 to 50 day time in solitude with God. And he winds up in the desert and he goes out there and notice what it says. He didn't pray in tongues and say, God, give me a word to defeat the devil. No, God had already put that in him. Yes, yes It was already in him when he headed out into that wilderness. And when he got out there, he didn't say, I say. He said, it is written. Yes. 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 He was discovering what was already inside him. A wilderness is helping us to discover things that we don't even know is in us. Come on, come on. Wow. Hallelujah. It's the source. The fear of the Lord is the source of wisdom. And wisdom reveals the ways of God. Says Proverbs 1, wise counsel. Those who are capable to guide us to, it's kind of like a helmsman of a ship. He's giving us guidance this way. Wise counsel. How many of you know you get counsel from anybody? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how many of you got counsel on something you wanted to do? Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's a confirmation. Really? You go off to some conference and get a word from a guy that doesn't know you. And your pastor's been talking to you for six weeks that this, this is the way you're going to do it. This is the steps you need to follow. You go out there and get one word and come back and you get a two-year train wreck. 
Yeah. Yeah. Be careful. And here's what happens. You go out and try it, and you, come, and you won't come back because pride now has taken over. Yep. Because yep. it was pride that led you out from underneath your covering anyway. Yeah. Oh, come on, Terry, quit taking on. <laughs> all right, just thought I'd lay it down. Okay. Let you chew on it any way you want to, all right? But I'm telling you, if you ain't sin, you ain't got no authority. Come on. Thank you for joining today in your pursuit of perfection and peace of mind. For more experienced and valuable choices, visit our website, terrylthompson.org. Stay connected for more life-changing and reliable systems of thought and renewal.